All right. Good morning, Joy Church. It's so awesome to see you guys here this morning. Um, you know, I, I love I love that song on there. It's like it's like the perfect song. That just like you have to move at least a little bit. You know, it's just like that. that it's like that. This one. The song that makes you do this. It's not like a total get down song. You know what I mean? But it's that song is like, even if you were laying in bed, you just find yourself like. <laughs> like, you know, you know, it's like that vibe. It's like, so it's so great. Um, you guys have hopefully noticed by now that uh, Pastor Jake is not here. I'm not Pastor Jake. I know some of you up in the top are like. Man, Pastor Jake really let himself go. <laughs> what's, what's this guy look like? No, uh, no. Uh, Pastor Jake and Pastor Bethany and a, and a whole crew actually uh, from our church. They went down to Mexico. They're in La Paz, Mexico, with our sister church. We've got a picture up here. Yeah, so cool. You know, they're having a great time. They've done already done a couple festivals with over a, a couple hundred kids at each one, just like serving the community down there, giving them candy, uh, just like just really just loving people, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's really awesome. They're having a good time. I know Pastor Jake is actually speaking this morning. Um, so so they're, they're like down there, they're making a difference. And, and you know, it's cool. It's like we're in the seri- series right now called uh, Meet the Neighbors. And, and we've been talking about the fact that, you know, our neighbors are whoever needs love, right? Whoever needs our grace, whoever needs us to be there for them. And so, so right now we sent a crew down there and they said, hey, you know what? Our neighbors to the South, they, they could use our help. You know, our neighbors to the South, we, we, can make a, we can make an impact on them. So they're having a great time down there. Um, and, and so they, 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 they love you guys, they miss you, but they're having a ton of fun and it's like paradise down there, as you can see. So I'm sure they're not missing us too much, but just the right amount, <laughs> just the right amount to not make us feel bad, you know, uh, like that perfect sweet spot. But we've, like I said, we've been in this series, uh, Meet the Neighbors, and uh, Pastor Jake has kind of set a framework that I feel like I have to cling to, and that's telling at least a little story about weird neighbor experiences. Uh, and I'm just going to give you the headlines of my weird neighbor experience, one of my weird neighbor experiences. I think that you can't live anywhere for more than like a year and a half without having weird neighbor experiences. I grew up and our closest neighbor was a half mile away and we had weird neighbor experiences. It was like, it's just, it's just a thing of life. But I'm just gonna hit the headlines real fast. All right, college housing, rager upstairs, Nerf ball slam dunk contest, uh, strangers in my house putting things in my fridge with no explanation, uh, and then also, one thing that I took from it, I think the only thing that has a more outrageous ratio of bravery to actual capacity to do physical harm, the only thing that has more of that ratio than a drunk 19-year-old male is a male chihuahua. Like, I'm like just trying to get you out of my house, stranger, and... Like, I'm pretty sure you're drunk enough that you could lose a fight to a 10-mile-per-hour gust of wind, but, like, just trying to get you out of my house. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's funny, but I figured I just had to give you just at least the headlines of my weirdest neighbor story. Uh, if you want the full thing, you can come talk to me, but it takes a really long time to tell. Uh, as you can see, it gets kind of weird. Um, no, but how many people here played uh, 
High school sports. Decent number. Decent number. High school sports are awesome. Uh, My experience playing high school sports was kind of like one of those movies. You know the movie. It's like the one where there's the one player that they work really hard and they're, they're, they're like really awesome person, but maybe there's some reason why they never really can get into the game. Uh, like maybe they're just like really tiny and short or they like, maybe there's like some sort of mental disability, but they're still like pretty good at the game and they just really want to play, but they can't quite get in and they work really hard the whole, the whole season and you're watching this movie and, and it's coming to like the, the climax of the movie and you know, it's the championship game, the game's on the line, the cards are on the table, and the star player goes down. Who's going to take his place? The main, the main character of the movie, he, he's all unsure. He goes in there, and, you know, every, everybody's like, oh, man, come on. Oh, this is, we're going to lose now. And it, it goes back, passes in the air. We're in football now, in case you didn't catch. I had never specified the sport. Uh, but this, this movie takes place across many different sports. So whichever one you are picturing in your head, I pictured football. Uh, but so passes in the air, you know. You get the shot of the wide receiver's face. Shot of the quarterback. Ball in the air. In these movies, somehow, like, the ball stays in the air for, like, three minutes of hang time. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he's like, wide receiver's face, quarterback's face, defender's face, wide receiver's face, defender's face, quarterback's face. You're like, what is in this ball? And then all of a sudden, he comes down with it. You know, the music climaxes. is like, they win the game. They throw the kid up on their shoulders. Everything's great. This is kind of like my high school sports experience, except like the one with the alternate ending. Uh, like, you know, the movie that's only 10 minutes long and the kid gets cut from the team at the beginning of the season? Or like you know, the one where he never actually does get into the game and he just stays on the sidelines wearing what can only be defined as a football costume. Uh, because I'm pretty sure you can only call it a uniform or a gear if you actually get in the game. Um, otherwise, I'm pretty sure it's called a costume, like the mascot wears, and and you're just there to be like the the the, the moral support on the sideline. That's like, at least I'm not that guy. All right, I may have messed up the play, but at least I'm in. Um, but you know, that's kind of like my high school sports experience. I was I was reaching playing high school sports. Uh, I was like five two, hundred and ten pounds. Not a very good like. If you're doing the football math equation, you're like that shouldn't work out. You're right. It doesn't work out. Uh, it doesn't work out quite right. But I was, I was really reaching, you know. But you got to give me props. You know, I went for it. I was going for it. I, I went, I gave it my all, and, and I was really reaching. And, and we've been talking about this series, uh, Meet the Neighbors. And you know what? That's, that's exactly what we're called to do in, in our community. We're called to reach. Even when we don't think that, even when we don't think that it might uh, yield any results. Even if we think that it's not going to make a difference, we're called to be reachers. We're called to reach out into our community, and we're, we're called to make the stretch. We're called to make the call. We're called to make the connection. We are reachers. God has put us right here to reach our community, and before I jump in, I just want to take a second and encourage everyone here uh, to lean in, all right? Pay attention. 
And 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 I I know it's not it's not for my sake at all. It's not so that so that I can look out and see, yeah, oh, everybody's paying attention. This is awesome. I'm so cool. No, it's actually for your sake. It's actually for your sake that you lean in, you pay attention. And, and the reason is because God, the creator of the universe, has something to say to you this morning. No matter where what what I say, whether I bring down this eloquent thought from God, or if I the coolest thing I say all morning is uh, some joke about a ball being in the air. Um, well, no matter what it is, right? If you come into this, into this time with expectation that God's going to speak to you, he's going to, right? So, so I just want to encourage you right now, lean in, pay attention, because the creator of the universe who loves you deeply wants to speak directly to you this morning. All right, so what does it look like to be a reacher? What does it look like to be a reacher. I, I, I went to his verse in the Bible, and it's written by Paul, probably one of the best reachers in the history of Christianity. And, and, and he, wrote, he wrote this uh, this book of the Bible. It's 1 Corinthians, and we're going to look at chapter 9, verse 19 through 27. This is in the message paraphrase, and it says this. It says, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living, immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered the world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that is gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else about it and then missing out myself. I just want to pray real fast and then we'll jump in. Uh, prayer is just simply talking to God. So I, I know there's some like, uh, in different beliefs about prayer, but it's really easy. It's really just talking to God. And the super cool thing about prayer is that not only does God want us to talk to him, he wants to listen and he wants to respond. So we're going to talk to God this morning. We're going to ask him to, uh, to reveal things to us this morning. God, I thank you for this, for this passage that you've given us. I thank you for each and every person here. And I thank you that you have put us right here in our city to reach the people of Eugene and the surrounding areas. God, I pray that you would reveal something to us this morning from this message, and I pray that there would be a divine appointment for each person in this room right here in this message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, I wanted to look at this passage, and, and uh, Paul talks about wanting to reach a wide range of people. That's where I got this word, reachers, right? We are reachers. That's actually the title of the message this morning is, We Are Reachers. And, and, and I broke down, uh, broke down this word into, I was told between services that this is called an acrostic uh, for the word reachers. And that is, these are, like, these are the characteristics of a reacher, um, right? So, so reachers, we're going to start with number one. Reachers have a relationship with God. 
Reachers have a relationship with God. And, and the reason is, the best way to share the love of Jesus with somebody is through your authentic personal relationship with Jesus, right? If you don't have a personal, authentic relationship with Jesus, nobody else is gonna want in on what you're selling, right? Nobody else is gonna want in on what you're selling. You're, you're, you're reaching, you're, you're sharing the love of Jesus with other people it should come from a place where you are just so stoked about what Jesus is doing in your life that it, it, it outflows and, and you have to let it out, right? You have to let it out. Reachers have a relationship with God and that's the best place to start. If you want to reach your community with the love of Jesus, build your own relationship with God. Number two, reachers have empathy. Reachers have empathy. In this verse that Paul wrote, he says, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. Try to understand people around you. When you listen, don't just listen to respond. Listen, listen, to, uh, listen to understand. Listen to get to know a person, right? Listen to, to maybe understand what it's like in their day-to-day -day life. That's how you make connections with people, and personal connections are how we reach people with the love of God, right? Try to understand people, and don't just invite people into your life. Walk with people in theirs. It says, walk in their shoes, so, so there's, there's a, some awesome things about inviting people to church. There's awesome things about inviting people to your joy group. But there's so much power in saying, hey, oh, you know what? I heard you like basketball. Let's go play some basketball together. You know, oh, you love coffee? I love coffee too. Let's go get coffee. You know, taking somebody where they are in their life right now and walking with them. Not just inviting people into your own life, but walking with them in theirs. You know, reachers walk in acceptance. Reachers walk in acceptance. In this verse that he writes, he says, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, and loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. Now, I want to kind of expand on this a little bit and kind of uh, go into what I think would be Paul's words if he were in today's culture. If he were here today, where, how, how, would, how would he expand on this verse? What would Paul have to say? I think he would say something along the lines of, I've become a servant to all races. Maybe I have become a servant to people of all political beliefs. Maybe I've become a servant to people of all genders, people of all sexual orientation, people of all worldviews people of all lifestyles, people who have something to offer me and people who don't. People with a high social status and people with a low social status. I have become, what does he say? Servant to any and all that I might reach a wider range of people. You know, what if, what if we became less of a truth bomb culture and, and more of a servant culture? What do I mean? What do I mean? Less of a truth bomb culture. You know, instead of being straight shooters or whatever that means, what if we just loved people and served them until they actually cared what we had to say? Right? What if we just loved people and served them until they actually cared what we had to say? You know, truth bombs, they're just that. 
they're aggressive. Like, like when you're, when you're just hanging around somebody, oh no, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not a jerk. I'm just a straight shooter. I'm not a jerk. I just tell it like it is. I'm not, I'm not a jerk. No, nobody's going to listen to your truth bombs, right? No one's going to listen to your straight shooting. All these terms are aggressive. What if we loved and served people until they actually cared what we had to say? Then it's easy. Then it's easy to reach people, right? I have kind of had it with the phrase, I just call it like I see it. Oh, no, man, I just call it like I see it. Like I said, I'm not a jerk. I just call it like I see it. You know, I'm real. I just call it like I see it. Like, no, actually, you don't. You call it like your extremely limited perspective interprets it. Right? You call it like your extremely limited perspective interprets it with absolutely zero attempt to gain any further understanding. No, I just call it like I see it. Okay. Well, no one's going to listen to your call if you call it like you see it. What if we loved people and served them until they actually cared what we had to say? Reachers care for people. Reachers care for people. In this, in this verse, Paul says, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. So care, it's both an emotion and a verb, right? We can care for somebody and say, I, I really care about them. I'm, I, 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 I'm invested in what happens in their life, you know? I hope everything goes well. But also care is a verb. You know, if you think about the way that, uh, that like nurses and doctors, what, how do we use the word care in that situation? If, if my doctor came in to the room and he's like, man, really hope you get better. Best, best wishes. Good, good, good day. You're like, you what? <laughs> My leg is cut off. <laughs> best wishes. <laughs> best wishes, what is that? No, a, a doctor's care. What does it look like? A doctor's care actually cares to get us from point A to point B. It's the actions that they take, right, to make us better. It's the actions that they take to get us healthy to get us where we want to be. Care is a verb and it has a goal. You know, when we, when we really care for people, like Paul says here, I serve just about anyone. I've, I've been every sort of servant there is in my attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. Care for people. When we care for people, we see them through on their journey right? We don't, just, we don't just tell them what they need to hear and then, and then on our way with it, we care. We get down in the dirt. We get where they are and we say, all right, we're going we're gonna to take you from here to there. Care for people. The goal is a God-saved life. Reachers have holiness. Reachers have holiness. Paul said, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. And this is a tough one. It's an easy one to miss especially when you really have a heart to reach people. It's an easy one to miss because, you know, you, maybe you, you want to seem like the Christian life. It's easy. You want to seem like the Christian life. Oh, yeah, no, you can, you can still, like, you can still do whatever. Just, just come, you, you know, like, oh, no, like, look, look what I can still do. I can still 
do this. But if there's nothing different about your life, if there's, if there's, no, if there's no holiness, what does the word holy mean? It just means set apart. If there's nothing about your life that's set apart for Jesus, then why does anybody want to be a part? If there's nothing different about your life other than on Sunday morning, you go down to the church and listen to some kid yell at you for like 30 minutes, then like why, why do people want to be a part of that? You know what I mean? Like if, if that's your deal, why would anybody else want in? A reacher is set apart. There's something different. There's holiness to a reacher. Also, reachers engage the people around them. Reachers engage the people around them. You know, the, the definition of the word engage is to occupy, attract, and involve someone. Reachers get people into their lives. They attract them. They, then they, they occupy their space and involve them in their own lives. Reachers engage the people around them. And this is tough because it requires three things. Time, emotional, invest, in, emotional investment, and vulnerability, which are three of the hardest things that we can give any one person. Our time, our emotional investment, and a place close to our heart where they can hurt us. A place close to our heart where they can hurt us. If you want to get close enough to someone that, that, that you can help them find Jesus, You've got to get close enough that they can hurt you. If you've got a wall up, they can't get in, but you can't get out. Reachers engage the people around them and get involved in their life. Also, reachers run. Reachers run. They have purpose. This verse, it talks about, talks about some runners. You know, it was a big thing in the time period that Paul was writing. It was, it was Greece. There's uh, the track and field, you know, I've heard that's kind of a big thing here. There's a big project happening on campus, something that has to do with it right now. Um, but reachers run, they have purpose. And, and one thing that's, that's a universal truth about people, we are always running. You are always running either to something or from something, but you're always running. Whether you realize it or not, you are Running, and here's an easy test to know whether you're running to something or from something. What thoughts rule your mind? Are they fear thoughts? Or are, are they goal thoughts? Are they purpose thoughts? What thoughts are running your mind? If, if, you're, if fear thoughts are running your mind, you're running away from your fears. You're running away from financial insecurity. You're running away from loneliness. You're running away from... from uh, job insecurity, whatever those fears are, fears of rejection, if that's what rules your mind, you're running aimlessly away from something. If, if, you, if, what, if the thoughts that rule your mind are goal-oriented, if the thoughts that rule your mind are purpose, you're running towards something, right? Run for a goal. Have you engaged with God's purpose for your life? Have you engaged with God's purpose for your life? That's the goal. That's what you should be running towards. You know, and, and if, you're, if, you, if you haven't, if you say, no, I haven't engaged with God's purpose for my life. Next track, right here, this, uh, this, Sunday, this next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. in Theater 2, be there. God's purpose for your life in a four-week bundle. It's awesome. 
We're gonna talk a little bit more about purpose later. But run for a goal. The verse, it said, all good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. What's winning in this scenario? You know, uh, Paul's talking about the finish line, and the finish line is obviously, uh, is, is, is obviously it's, it's heaven, it's God, it's the end of this life. That's the finish line. So is Paul saying get to death as fast as possible? I, I really don't think that he is. What is winning in this scenario? What is getting the gold? I really think, like, from, from the context that I can pull out of this verse, the thing that I think Paul is saying when he says win, when he says, when he says run hard, saying how many people are you going to have with you at the finish line? That's the winner. How many people did you reach along the way? How many people have you brought with you? How many people did you reach? What is winning? Winning is reaching people. It's, 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 it's running as hard as you can, doing everything at all costs to win people, right? To reach people, to love people, to serve people. People. The last one, reachers serve. Reachers serve. Reachers show God's love to their neighbors through service. Reachers show God lo- God's love to their neighbors through service, grace, and humility. And do I mean like serving in the church? Yeah, but also serving the people around you, right? Serving the people around you, whether that's at the mall, whether that's at your work, whether that's at your uh, school, putting other people before yourself. Reachers serve. You know, I'm going to put you before me at the, at the line at the restaurant. I'm going to put you before me uh, merging onto the belt line. I'm going to put you before me. I'm going to serve. Reachers serve people. When you serve people, they understand that you love them, that you care for them, and that you have their best interest at heart. If you want to reach people, if you want to, uh, to get involved in people's lives, serve. And I know that these eight things, they're hard. I, I, I know that they're, I know they're hard. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying like, oh, if you're, if you're going to reach people, you have to do all eight of these things. These are an awesome guideline to look at and say, okay, how am I doing? Do I have all of these eight things? Do I do them sometimes? Can, do I need to get better at one? Do I, need to, do I need to focus on, oh, you know what? Maybe I am a truth bomb kind of person. Maybe I rant to strangers on the street about, uh, about the things that I don't like in the world. That's, that's, a, that's a truth bomb person. You know, maybe there's little areas that I could get better at and I could reach more people. But here's the thing, they get even harder. These eight things, they get even harder if we believe one of these two lies about ourselves. We're going to look at two lies that most people hear in their head when they're thinking about reaching people, when they're thinking about reaching out. And one of those things, one of the first lie is, I can't reach people like he or she can. I can't reach people like he or she can. And the funny thing is, is that's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. The actual truth is that you are the only person that can reach the people that you can reach, 
right? You are the only person that can reach the people that you can reach. He or she cannot reach the people that you can reach. You, you, they don't have personal relationship with the people around you. They don't have influence with the people that you have influence with. They don't talk like the people that, that, you, uh, that you talk like and hang out with. Like th- that, That's not the truth at all. You are the only person that can reach the people that you can reach. You are perfectly designed to reach the people where you are right now. Perfectly designed to reach the people where you are right now. And you you know, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with the way that Christians often talk about purpose. With the way that we often talk about purpose in the church. And, and, And that problem is that oftentimes we see purpose as something that we're on the road to. Something that we're on the road to. It's like, Ah, uh, you know, I'm I'm just searching for my purpose. Um, you know, I'm 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 searching for my purpose. I'm in a period of waiting. God has called me to be a something or other. God has called me to be a doctor. God has called me to be a philanthropist when I have the money. God has called me to be this, that in the future. God has called me to do this in the future, and, and, and maybe God is calling you to a future. I believe that God has an amazing future for every person here. But one thing that is for sure is that God is calling you right now. God is calling you right now. Where you are in your friend group, in the, in the job that you have, right? In the school that you attend, in the neighborhood that you live in, in your family, in your grocery store, on your street corner, in the mall right outside after church today, on the street where where you drive, you, you know, right where you are right now, God is calling you to reach people. God is calling you to reach people. And I can get Judah down here. Um, but God is calling you to reach people right now. You have purpose. You're a reacher. You have purpose. God has given you everything that you need to reach the people right where you are right now. And that's true. You see, like I said, I don't have daily interactions with the people that you have daily interactions with. You know, and I don't have personal relationship with those people. You do. You do. We've got line number two. And line number two is, I don't have anything to say to people. I don't have anything to say to people. And again, so wrong and for pretty much the same reason. Nobody else can say what you have to say. Nobody else can say what you have to say. You have a story. Whatever it is, you have a story and it is powerful. You know, like I, I, I don't have the most emotional, uh, uh, dramatic story. Am I, am I finding Jesus? You know, I, I grew up in the church. Didn't really enjoy it too much. Um, well, I didn't like hate the church. I was pretty indifferent about it, actually. Uh, and went through high school. I went to church every week because my parents made me go to church. Uh, thank God. If, if you're a parent in here, make your kids go to church, even if they don't want to. They'll thank you. They will. I thank my parents all the time. If you're a parent in here, make your kids go to church. You think it'll make them resent you? It'll make them resent you. Yep, that's right. But it won't. The house of God is a place of purpose, and they will thank you. All right, that was just a side note. Um, but 
I graduated high school, and I was like, all right, I got to kind of figure out whether or not this Christian thing is for me. Am I going to keep going to church or what? I moved out of the city and uh, moved up here, and, and, and I encountered God right there. I made the decision to, to, to go to church, and I encountered God, and he changed my life, and he gave me hope and purpose, and, 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 he, and it really just changed my life in ways that I just can't imagine where I'd be otherwise. Now, is that some dramatic story? No. It's just, it's, it's just, a, it's just a plain story. It was, nothing like crazy happened, but it's my story. And you know what? There's, there's somebody out here, there's probably somebody in this room that's somewhere along that same storyline. And I can speak to that person. You know, maybe I can't speak to somebody uh, as well if they've grown up in a, in a, in a broken home and uh, abused and neglected and, and, and finding the love of God for the first time. I can, I can speak to that person, but I can't like relate on that level. But somebody, some, some of you can, right? You have a story and somebody else is just waiting to hear it. But what's, what's also cool if you say, I don't have anything to say to people. You know, the world doesn't need more preachers. The world needs more reachers. The world doesn't need more preachers. The world needs more reachers. The world doesn't need more vagrant looking men with, I have to say, a pretty dang good fashion sense on a stage yelling at people. That's not what the world needs. The world needs reachers. What the world needs is actually you. What the world needs is for you to say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to reach the people around me with the love of God. Right? What the, what the world needs is for people, to, people like you to say, I've encountered Jesus and I'm going to make sure that every person that I come into contact with encounters him too. Right? What the world needs is for you to understand who you were created to be and to fearlessly and boldly proclaim the love of God to the people around you. The world needs you to be reachers. That's what the world needs. It needs you to be reachers. You know, I'm, I'm going to pray for you guys, and it's, uh, it's going to be a, a, what I call a commissioning prayer. Commissioning you guys to go out into the city and be reachers. To go out into the city and make a difference. To go out into the city and love the people around you, all right? God, I thank you for all these incredible people. God, I, I pray that you, would, that you would begin to shine a light on the people around the people in this room that, that need your love. God, I, I pray that you'd begin to work in our hearts so that we could start to develop these characteristics of a reacher. And I pray against these lies that would keep us from spreading your love with the community around us. God, I pray for boldness, I pray for security, and I pray that, that, this, that the people right here in this room would be a light for hope in the Eugene, Springfield, surrounding areas. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if, if you're here this morning and you're like, all right, this kind of sounds, it's all right, I'm kind of kicking the tires on this whole Christianity thing still, so I'm not super sure what, what to think about it. I'm not sure if I want to commit yet. I, I, I don't know. I just want to say, this is a divine appointment. I, I don't know what, I don't know how you came. Maybe a friend invited you. Maybe you saw a commercial on TV or whatever, but God brought you here for a reason, on purpose, because he made you.
on purpose, for a purpose. This is a divine appointment. God has brought you here. You know, every week we have people coming in here looking for hope, for purpose, for life. And you found it. Love, peace, you found it. It's found in Jesus, right? That story that I was telling about how as a freshman in college, I got my life completely turned around by a man that I had never seen. It's Jesus. And this this morning, I want to give every person here the opportunity. If you have not decided to follow Jesus, I want to give you the option to make the best decision you've ever made in your life. So this morning, we're going to, we're going to pray, and it's not a magic prayer. Doesn't, doesn't, it's not like Shazam. It's, it's this thing that, that, but it's really just a prayer. It's, it's talking to God. And if you mean it, if you mean it and you live it out, it will change your life. It'll change your life. So, so I want to pray. And if, if you want to make this decision, pray with me and everybody else can pray along. And, and, and we're just going to, we're, we're going to pray this prayer this morning. God, you guys can repeat after me. God, God. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I've done. I messed up. I missed the mark. But I thank you for the work you did on the cross, dying for my sins. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. God, will you help me to follow you? God, will you help me to find my purpose? God, will you turn my life around? I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 